You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey, everybody. If you're interested in learning how to leverage LinkedIn for your business, this episode is sponsored by my book, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful LinkedIn Users. To get your free copy, just send a text to 44222 with the word seven habits. That's the number seven habits to 44222. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest and also a good friend of mine. His name is Jeremy Slate, and he's the founder of the Create Your Own Life podcast, which studies the highest performers in the world. He studied literature at Oxford University, specializes in using podcasting and new media to create celebrity, and was ranked number one in iTunes, new and noteworthy, and number 26 in the business category, which Some of you may not realize, but that's extremely difficult and very competitive. After his success in podcasting, Jeremy Slate and his wife, Brielle, found Command Your Brand Media to help entrepreneurs get their message out by appearing as guests on podcasts. So oddly enough, he's my guest today. Welcome to the show, Jeremy. Hey, the legendary Dennis Brown. Thank you so much, my friend. This has been a long time coming. I appreciate you having me. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I was on your show, geez, it was maybe a year or two ago. I really, really appreciate it. You have an amazing show. You've had some crazy guests and uh, maybe we can talk a little bit about that. But before we dive into that today, I just want to give the audience a little bit of a teaser here of what we're going to talk about today. You have been running this podcast for a couple of years now, I think, right? A couple of years. Yeah. Early 2015. Yeah. So a few years now. And you've went through the cycle of being new to growing and growing. And we're going to talk about today is how to run a profitable podcast, right? Because there's very few people out there that are actually doing it. They run the podcast and they have a podcast, but they're not running it as a profitable business. So we're going to dive into some of the strategies and tactics on how to make your podcast profitable. But before we do that, you know, give us a quick backstory. I mean, I know you're a power lifter. I know you have a pet pig called Remington. (laughs) Why don't we give us a little bit of a backstory and then we'll dive right in. Absolutely. Well, for the people listening, I I actually was a little bit late on you today because we're going away to Miami and it's snowing here. So I had to get out of the house and get the pig to the pig spa, which is what we call the kennel where he hangs out when we are away. So that's currently where the pig is. But a little bit about me is I have my undergrad degree in uh, Catholic theology. Go figure. Um, I have my master's in early Roman Empire propaganda. There is definitely a lot of jobs out there in that community, as you can only imagine, because that's highly regarded for getting jobs. Yeah, yeah. right. High demand. Um, so high demand. High, high demand. Um, I also studied literature in Europe for a bit. And that's kind of been the academic thing for me. I've always been an academic, but I've also been somebody that loved fitness and loved sports and loved everything else. And I've been a competitive powerlifter since I was 14. I've done that for a very, very long time. I wrestled all through school and uh, at my peak, I was 215 pounds at five foot six, and I was deadlifting um, 705 pounds, 635, squatting 705, and benching 455. Now, I'm only 180 now, so I'm not doing anything near that. Uh, I've been married for a few years, and for me, the biggest turning point in my life, Dennis, which actually led me to a lot of what I'm doing right now, is when my mom had a really bad stroke when I was 24. I mean, it kind of shook my whole life and took me from being a teacher through 
many different businesses till I ended up in, in digital marketing in my current podcast. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, how old are you now? You're a young guy still. Oh, you got to guess, man. I'm not going to tell you. Well, you said when you were 24, so I'm going to say you're 27. I am going to be 32 in May. 32. Okay, so you... <laughs> 32. Well, you don't look 32. You're young. You know, I'm a few years older than you, just a couple. I mean, you know, I've been- 35? (laughs) 35. That's what we're going to go with. Okay, good. 35. I've been an entrepreneur for 20, almost 25 years and I'm 35. So that's what we're going to go with. So- man. (laughs) But listen, I'm so happy that you're on the show. And just from a selfish perspective, you know, I launched this podcast about a year ago. Oh, matter of fact, almost exactly a year ago now, which is- really crazy and have done over a hundred episodes and absolutely love podcasting. But the thing that is the wheel that's starting to turn in my mind is, you know, I'm not in a big hurry to monetize the podcast, but I want to understand the basic framework of how you and other successful podcasters are doing it. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So why don't we dive into that? Cause I, I know there's numerous components to this Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of different ways that you've tried and some have been successful, some haven't. Other people leverage different strategies. Why don't you unpack that for us a little bit? Maybe I think we talked about, you said there was four or five primary ways that you think monetizing a podcast really will work for most people if they follow the framework. So why don't we dive into that? What would be your first, what would be your go-to? What's the way that you... Well- can, can we can we go underneath that first though too because I think there's some kind of some some groundwork that really needs to be out there and that's really how you set your show up like a lot of people you know your cover art and design needs to be really good your website needs to be professional and present you as somebody that's in the media which means it's designed well as the uh, copy on it's written in third person and you are interviewing people that are opinion leaders in your space so like first and foremost if you don't have those few things down. You need to take a look at that before you start ever thinking about monetizing because you need to create something that is a valuable product that people are going to want to, you know, monetize with. Does that, does that make sense, Dennis? You just need to have those things in place first and foremost. Yeah, let's talk about those again because I think that's a really good point. It's going to be very hard to go out and monetize, you know, try to sell something as a Ferrari when it's really, you know, yeah. a Kia. Okay. So not, you know, everybody, some people <laughs> like Kias, but ultimately, I mean, there's a big difference. So what would be the two or three things that you would make sure that they do in the groundwork to make sure that they put the best foot forward, the best brand out there so that people are more likely to respond to it? 100%. So, so first and foremost is how your website's put together. It needs to be designed professionally. That doesn't mean you know, go, need to go out and spend thousands of dollars, but it needs to look like something that represents you well. Website copy, meaning the, the text on your site, should be written in third person because celebrities don't talk about themselves or people that are doing something very successful, don't talk about themselves. Other people do. So it should be written in third person. You also should have a media page on your website, which features places that you've written. It features places you've been featured, things like that. And that's just another thing that sets you up as really, really great media. Also, your cover art for your show. It should be something that really shows the ideal scene of what you're looking to create. Because so many times, like it looks like something that came out of the Crayola factory with a lot of these podcasts. And it really needs to be something that portrays professionalism. So professionalism first and foremost. And also the other thing is the content you're creating. Like you should be interviewing people in your space. Like I get it if you want to do something content driven, that's great. But do content of yourself one day a week and interview somebody else the other day of a week. Because what you're doing is actually creating better positioning for yourself and building your own celebrity as well as 
you know, connecting to the right people that are opinion leaders in your space so that people look at you more of that opinion leader. So those things really need to be in place first and foremost to have something you can monetize. Perfect. So those are the foundations. So for those of you that are just getting started in podcasting or you're considering starting a podcast, which I know a lot of people are, right? And a lot of people are launching podcasts. Make sure you do that groundwork first, like Jeremy suggested, before you obviously start worrying about the monetization piece. So now let's talk a little bit about how to monetize. I think there was four or five areas that you think are the are the most likely and the best ways to monetize. So why don't you unpack that a little bit for us? I know some of them are advertising and some of them are just things that other people may not have even thought of. 100%. Well, advertising, I guess, look, let's explain the traditional advertising model, right? Like, So you look at big shows like Entrepreneur on Fire, you look at a lot of shows like this, and the way they make your their money versus how 98% of the rest of the market is going to make their money is different because you're going to see your top 1% to 2% of shows do the bulk of the downloads in iTunes. They do very, very well. So the traditional way it works is something called CPM, which means cost per milla, which can be translated to cost per thousand. So basically for every thousand downloads of your show, you have a given dollar amount. And it depends on the agency or the company you work for, but the giving or work with, but the giving the going rate is anywhere from $15 to $25. So if you're doing a thousand downloads, you can make $15 to $25 on that method. Now, here's the thing. How many shows are actually even doing a thousand downloads for an episode? I would tell you that, you know, not even half the shows out there are even doing that. So that means a lot of people using that method just aren't going to make any money. Now, if you're doing millions of downloads, you could see that very quickly making you a ton of money. But for most shows, you're just not doing that. So that's the traditional way that it works. And I kind of beg to differ for the podcast space because I think, number one, our engagement is so much better than radio, which is where we've borrowed that model from. And I think that the the relationship listeners create with a host is so much better. So they're actually more of a buying audience. So the thing that I've done with my show is I've actually flipped the advertising model in a couple of different ways. One being I did a flat rate per episode fee. So what that means is early on, I just I just picked a number and decided that's what my podcast is worth an episode. So for you, it may be different than me. I know people that have done flat rate per episode. I I had a friend that charged $1,500 flat rate per episode. And I'm like, dude, I don't know how you're getting that, but more power to you. My early fee that I was charging was $60 and that moved up eventually to 110. But what that allows you to do is if you have, typically podcasts are going to have four spots on a show. They're going to have two open roles and one mid role, which is the middle of an episode and one what's called an end role. Honestly, I'm not a huge believer in end roles because if somebody doesn't listen to the end, the advertiser's money isn't worth it. So I just don't do that. I've always run two open rolls and one mid-roll. So let's say at that 110 rate for a mid-roll and a $50 rate for two opening rolls, I'm making $210 an episode. So how does that sound to you if you're not making any money on your podcast? To me, that sounds pretty good. You're doing two to three episodes a week. You could be making yourself 400 to 600 bucks a week. So flat rate per episode to me really makes a ton of sense. And my advertisers have had a really good ROI with me. Like one of my advertisers did, you know, over $6,000 in a couple months of working with me. So it was well worth their investment to work with me because they bought lifetime customers. So that's what you really need to think of. Like, what is the value of your show that you can charge a flat rate per episode? So first and foremost, that's what I did. Go ahead. I think so yeah, so something. let me, yeah, you you read my mind I, I heard the breath inflection. You heard that? <laughs> well, being you're a like, podcaster, <laughs> you're used to hearing that. You're good at making sure that you deliver in bite-sized pieces. So Here's my question. When you're doing traditional advertising and you're working with an agency, they'll bring you clients a lot of times, right? Yeah. And that's 
And so they go out and get those advertisers. They already have those advertisers and they sell your podcast and they place the ads, right? But in non-traditional agencies typically don't do that. You have to go out and get the advertisers yourself. So how did you go out or what was a couple well, of tips on not, going out? Go ahead. Not a hundred percent that though. And that's, that's because the model started to change a little bit because I think people that think like I think are starting to get more power in the podcast space. So we've actually worked with a company called AdvertiseCast for quite a while. And we still to this day do flat rate advertising through them. And they'll bring us a few different advertisers a month. Now, in terms of like those initial advertisers, like how are we getting them? Well, I looked at friends that had companies that I really liked and I reached out to them and talked to them about advertising. And that was a good way to get some early stuff moving because sure, you can go out and you can write emails to bigger companies of products you really like. And that's worked for us here and there, but it's going to be a much longer process that's going to require follow-up, which at that point, your time investment might outweigh the money investment you're bringing in. So to me, I looked at friends that had great companies that I really loved and really wanted to promote. And we asked them to be early advertisers and it worked out pretty well for them. So did you ask them for some sort of a commitment as far as 30 days, number of episodes, three months, or how did you frame that? Or what do you suggest? So I generally do a 30-day commitment. Reason being, you know, maybe for some reason that episode doesn't do well. Well, That doesn't mean I don't want my advertiser to do well. Like I'm committed to having my advertisers do well. So I understand that the amount of effort that's going to take is at least a month. So basically, that's the conversation I have with an advertiser. Like, hey, I really want this to go well for both of us. I want you to get some new business. So let's commit to 30 days. That's usually what my minimum is. And that's worked pretty well for us. Perfect. Okay. So we talked about non-traditional. We talked about your that flat rate idea and strategy that you're using. All right. So let's move on to a couple of other strategies on how you've how people can generate revenue through their podcast. Well, how about one more advertising model that's oh, worked good. pretty well for All me? Right, and, cool. that, and, that, <laughs> and that's honestly, if you're trying to grow a podcast, growing your social media makes a ton of sense. So what I actually did is I reached out to people that had social media growth firms and offered them free advertising spots on my show where the, the monthly, what they were spending were equal to the monthly um, amount of value they would be providing me. So it'd be kind of like an even swap there. And that was huge in growing my brand. One of the brands we work with a lot on this was Checkmate Social Media, which really grew my Twitter account and stuff like that. So that was huge for growing the brand overall. And these are the things you have to be thinking about is if I can do this now, it doesn't take an investment out of my pocket, but it means that later on I could be generating more income. And these are things you have to think about when really thinking of things you can do with the podcast. So that was like a service barter, right? I mean, basically is what you did. Okay, perfect. All right. No, I never really thought about that, but I think that's a great idea especially when you're just getting started with advertising because you're it's probably going to be fairly easy to find somebody who will barter with you um, yeah. because again your cost basis is lower their cost basis is lower the risk is lower so ultimately I think that's a, that's another interesting option perfect okay continue on my friend <laughs> well I did affiliate advertising and I worked with a couple different companies I'll kind of leave names out of this but work with a couple different companies for affiliate advertising meaning they give you like 10, 15 bucks a sale or a small percentage. And that's been kind of worthless to me. I'm um, just because it hasn't really worked well because you still need a ton of traffic for that to really generate you money. In terms of like affiliate or referral type partnerships, though, is we talk to our guests about if they're selling high ticket programs, we can mention at the end, set up custom links for the show or whatever. And then they pay a percentage on those. And since it's high ticket, you're going to make some pretty good money. So that's another way that you can really generate some income is by doing affiliate offers with guests on your show that have 
high ticket items that you you know are a supporter of. I wouldn't pitch something you're not a supporter of in that way. But that's worked pretty well for us because I just find that if you're doing a small ticket affiliate item or something that's like 10 or 15 bucks, you need so much volume to make any money, it's not really worth your time. So the small ticket affiliate item that you talked about, that would be something where you would almost run like an ad, right? Like if, if yeah. they were paying for an ad, but they're not going to mm-hmm. pay you, it's a performance driven. So if somebody responds 100%. to that ad and buys the product or service, they're going to give you some sort of a kickback, a small 15, 20, $30, you know, affiliate fee, right? Back. 100%. And then that's how you would make your money, but they'd have to respond that way. Now, the high ticket referral program that you're talking about, they might be selling a 500, a thousand, a five thousand right. dollar program, right? You, and, you make five or ten percent there, man. You're sitting pretty. Yeah, if you make ten percent of that, right? Exactly. Now all of a sudden you're making fifty, a hundred, two hundred, three hundred, five hundred bucks, and it makes it worth your while, right? And now mm-hmm. you're also partnering with the guests, which is a whole nother animal, right? Now you've developed and enhanced that relationship because now you're really vested in promoting their their product, their service or whatever they offer. Yeah, I like that. That's perfect. Awesome. Well, and here and, and here's one more thing that I that I think would really to just go to those low ticket affiliate offers that we talked about the 10 or 15 dollar ones or whatever. Here's the one thing though, right? Like if you're trying to sell advertising on your show early on, you're not going to have a lot of advertising sales early on, so use those affiliate offers and create ads for them on your show because it gives the idea of, hey, you're booked up every single show. And it basically doesn't make it sound like you're begging for people to pay for ad spots in your show. So that way, if somebody does buy something from that affiliate offer, great. But it also creates the idea that what you're doing is a scarcity, which makes it easier to sell those ad spots to other people when you're actually selling advertising. Perfect. And it doesn't take a lot of those affiliate offer to cover your basic cost of a podcast, right? I mean, you know, you're hosting with, say you're hosting with like a Libsyn is pretty cheap. You know, you're doing a little bit of audio editing. Maybe you're doing it yourself. I mean, it doesn't cost, there's not a lot of cost basis to maintain and run a podcast, right? So, you know, if you were to be able to get some of those smaller affiliate offers when you first started, you know, you can actually cover some of that cost and and be cash flow positive very quickly. Yeah. Like I know HostGator has a good one. Libsyn has a good one. Audible has a good one. And these are ones just to fill up those spots, man. Like, so you can generate a little bit of money here or there, but it also gives the idea of, hey, these spots I'm selling are scarce. Perfect. No, I love that. Awesome. All right. So that was, again, another surprise. You came up with a good way to spin off of the standard affiliate offer. So what else? The other thing I would take a look at, I mean, this is something I've, I haven't done on my own show, but I've, I've gotten people in one of my masterminds to do. And also I've seen other podcasters do pretty successfully. And that's doing free coaching calls on your show. So basically you put out an offer on your show or to your social media, or whatever, like, hey, I'm going to do a free you know, 30 minute coaching call, whatever you want that to be on the show. You get people to apply for it. You've just created some leads. And you can also then maybe even sell that person to do the coaching call with on the show. And the thing about that is, number one, you could be selling one person on that. Number two, you're showing other people how your process works. So if they maybe weren't sure or they didn't know if it was for them, they're going to feel a lot better about opting into it. They're like, oh, I could do that. That sounds really good. And you're also creating leads of people you can work with in that way. So that's kind of one really great way to position that I've seen work very well for people in my mastermind and also other people I've worked with you know, in the podcast space. And that kind of makes sense in the way of lining your podcast up with your business. Because I think so many people think that their podcast and their business are two separate things. And really, your podcast is your PR vehicle for your business. It's what should be helping you get media coverage. It's what should be helping you get out there, helping you get known and driving leads into your business. So that's where I think a lot of people don't quite get it. Your podcast should be profitable from day one because you should be figuring out how it can drive leads into your business, whether that be your own lead magnets, your own courses, and whatever that may be. 
Yeah, I love the lead gen idea, right? So yeah. whether it be using the podcast and then having your your ideal prospect on as a guest, right? Or having them as, like you said, this coaching call. I love that idea of using it as a lead gen tool because you know it's very enticing to have somebody come on your podcast. It's you're offering them immense value because they're, you're giving them a, a lot of exposure at literally no cost. And you talk about things that are important to them during that podcast and allows you to really get to know them, them to get to know you, develop a relationship. And of course, you're not going to turn around at the end of that call and start, you know, beating them over the head with your pitch, but it's a great way to develop a relationship, right? That Mm -hmm. early foundational relationship that it takes in such a crazy world to try to break through and actually develop and build some rapport with somebody, right? I mean, yeah. once you get that initial rapport, you know, you you can call them, they're going to return your phone calls. You can send them an email, they're not going to throw you in the spam box, right? Because you now have that basic foundation tenant covered because you took the time, delivered immense value to them. I love that part. I really do love that part. And I think that's an amazing, and I can tell you the, from a personal perspective, I've done over a hundred podcasts in the last year, in this first year, right? I've launched over a hundred episodes, have met some amazing guests. And one of the things, the biggest value to me is that I could literally pick up the phone for any of those guests and call them. And I know that within probably anywhere from 24 to 72 hours, I'm either going to get an email, a voicemail, or a call back. And that is extremely powerful, whether you're trying to sell to them or just building your network developing, working relationships, collaborations, whatever it is. So I think that's an amazing idea. Perfect. Is there anything else that you're going to pull out of your sleeve podcast? I, I don't know, man. I think you've like totally picked my brain. And unless <laughs> I told you, unless I told you something else previously, and you need to jog my memory. I think we, we really pulled everything out of my brain that's in there, man. I think we did. I think that's perfect. <laughs> All right. So listen, we're going to do rapid fire on the next two questions. We're going to wrap it up. Next question is what is your favorite growth tool or software that you're using to grow your business today? Sumo. Sumo. Sumo me? Yeah, Sumo me. Perfect. All right. Awesome. And what would be one book that you would recommend to the audience? Ooh, I, I feel like I feel like always the book that you're reading right now is the most relevant. And don't hate me because you live in upstate New York, but I am reading the book Belichick right now about Bill Belichick, the Patriots uh, coach. Awesome. Listen, I will make sure that we put both of those links in the podcast notes. So before we close out, hey, let everybody know how they can connect with you, learn more about your business, command your brand media, right? And then we'll close it out for today. Absolutely. Well, we talked a little bit about creating a profitable podcast. We also talked about how getting on other shows has been very effective in growing my own. So that's actually what we help people to do with Command Your Brand Media is getting on the right podcast. So I actually put together an awesome worksheet for your audience that's going to help them locate the right shows, figure out their pitch and everything else. And that's over at commandyourbrand.media slash checklist. Perfect. So I will, again, make sure that that link is in the podcast notes so that you guys can all download that sheet. I highly recommend it. I've worked with Jeremy. He's put guests on my show. I know he's put guests on some of the top shows on across you know different genres. So make sure you get that checklist. And uh, hey, listen, man, I appreciate you being here today. Hope the pig doesn't freeze and I hope you enjoy uh, <laughs> having it. I hope you have a great time in Miami and I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Dennis. Thanks, Jeremy. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.